Welcome to Behind the Lectern. Since 2006, your host, Jeff Klein, has been working with speakers at all levels, from beginners to Toastmasters International Award winners, from experts to National Speaker Association Hall of Famers. In each episode, Jeff introduces you to some of these speakers as you learn about their speaker journey, how they got started, where they came from, where they're going, and more. Take the lessons they have learned on their way to help you with your own path to make speaking work for you. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Behind the Lectern. My name is Jeff Klein. I'm excited to have our guest, Sue Wilhite, here. Sue is a coach and speaker, and she has given me her introduction, which is something that you should have if you're speaking. Reaching the top of her profession in six years, Sue Wilhite suffered a healing crisis that changed her life and her focus. She's now an international number one best-selling author, award-winning show host, law of attraction coach, and certified biofield tuning practitioner. Sue has made it her life mission to make sure successful women get off their yeah butt. Welcome, Sue Wilhite. Thank you, Jeff. Love it. So our focus, of course, will be about your speaking journey today. Tell mm -hmm. us, uh, how did you start speaking? <laughs> well, like everybody else, I had no desire to get up and speak in front of groups. I was uh, terrified, didn't think I would do well. I was tongue-tied. And then at the time, the company that I was working for quite a while ago, uh, I was in IT. And the company was shifting to have a portion of the manufacturing floor be converted to robotics. And the robots were programmed in BASIC. And all of the engineers and all the manufacturing engineers didn't know BASIC. They knew C, they knew Pascal, they knew a bunch of other Fortran, they knew a bunch of other languages, but they didn't know BASIC. And since I did, they asked me to go train the engineers in basic, which is not the way I recommend going up in front of a hostile audience <laughs> thinks that this topic is beneath them. And I have a picture I, of, a group of engineers who have to learn the basic has is called that for a reason. It is right? the most basic programming language. Yes, yes. And so I did what I've been doing for years, which is using humor to deflect the antagonism and the contempt that these engineers did. And by the end of the six week training course, they were all my best buddies and everything was fine. I went, huh, that wasn't so bad. I could do this. And so I started speaking at uh, industry events. I started speaking when I finally left the IT world and I got my own business. I started speaking, doing speaking engagements simply to talk about my topic. I spoke at Chambers, I spoke at women's groups, I spoke at Kiwanis, at Rotary, at sure. all of these. Did you know that uh, that was a way to promote your business before you started doing it? It had been recommended to me that if I did informational speaking, and uh, because at the time I had a practice as a hypnotherapist, and a lot of people have a lot of interesting 
not quite correct beliefs about what hypnosis is all about. And so I did a whole series of informational talks with a friend of mine who was also a hypnotherapist. We kind of tag team on it to promote our business and to get rid of some of the myths and legends <laughs> about hypnotherapy. Right. So you definitely knew that, you know, I mean, it was intentional. It wasn't yes. accidental, like some folks find. Yes. And I also ended up getting a, a gig for two semesters at a local community college. They had the evening adult education sorts of things. And so I taught a class on how to conquer your fear of public speaking. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so really surprised. I mean, I, in my experience, people don't volunteer for a class for some of that kind of, for that content, just because they're still too shy. I love that you got people to sign up for it. I got people to sign up for it because people were being pushed by their bosses. Uh, I got a lot of people in the class who were, uh, I have to do a presentation in front of the board of directors, or I have to do a presentation to a bunch of customers, or I have to do, you know, I have to do a presentation for my job. Okay. And so they were desperate and willing to learn. Yeah. So what were some of the things you found that, did you deal with the roots of their fears? How did, what was your approach in that? Yeah, I, I took a, several ways of approaching it. One was to talk about the physiology, what's going on inside of your body. When you step up in front of a group of people, and they're all staring at you, that in our hind brain, in our most primitive brain, is an aggression uh, signal to us. If you've got a bunch of people staring at you, that means they're hostile. We can't do anything about it. That's just the way our brain is going to interpret it. And that is where most of our fear comes from. But once you know that, you're able to go, oh, okay, I, my, the back brain thinks it's hostile, but actually, when you get up and speak in front of a group, unless it's a group of engineers who are hostile to what you're doing, most of the time when you get up in front of a group of people, they want you to succeed. They want, they are so not antagonistic. They want you to educate, entertain, bring them up, lighten their day they they want you to be successful as a speaker they are not antagonistic in the least that is a measure of support that's good that's big and i'm yeah. sure you dealt with breathing and how you stand and things yes. like that to help yes yes anchoring and visualization and all kinds of things to to help interesting very cool and maybe this is probably going further back. You, they asked you to start teaching at a job. Where, what was your speaking experience before that? Oh, none. Okay. None. I mean, the only things that I had done was, you know, as a child, I'd been in, I'd taken music classes. And of course, the, the schools all had these school concerts. Recitals. Um, right. So, but I was never a soloist. Oh, goodness, no. I played viola back in the background. I was in a choir, <laughs> lilting along with the other kids, but 
no actual get up in front of a group and speak. No. Wow. That's good for you. They picked the right person, it turned out, right? The boss was right about, about who, who they chose, for sure. That's funny. So now, what kind of speaking engagements are you pursuing these days? Uh, corporate associations, uh, bigger audiences. To me, it's so much fun to get up in front of a group of people. I mean, now I just think, you know, I heard one speaker trainer say, well, you know, if you're not getting butterflies, you know, it's not, you know, you're not really doing it. And I went, no, I don't, I don't get butterflies. I'm like, oh boy, I get to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like you, I get energy from the audience. Yes, you know, yes. When, when I speak in the evening, I can't get to sleep that night, so. Right, right. It, and, it's you know, like being carbonated. Yeah. <laughs> we know people that are the opposite. They give all their energy away when they right. speak. And right. God bless right. them, but they're exhausted after the speaking. And, and you and I are like, yay, more, more. Yeah. Well, it's a give and take, yeah. right? I am putting out some energy in the room because there was something that one of my coaches taught me is the one with the highest energy wins. And, sure. and modifies the energy of everybody else in the room. So I pop my energy and put it out there, but I'm not giving it away. Right. Right. And the energy that reflects that back, it's wonderful. It just goes back and forth and it's lovely. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, uh, and I, that's one of those things where, uh, I learned about people like that by observing them. I didn't know people like that existed. That happened a few times when it came to speaking. I didn't know there were people who wanted to be speakers but didn't have anything to say yet. Right. And it's like, oh, I want to, I mean, okay. Originally, you know, back in the day, I thought that speakers were people who had, who were so passionate about something that you couldn't shut them up. <laughs> well, well, that's also true. People like that. You know, that's a good that can actually be a really good thing. But I did not realize that there were people who wanted to speak, but had to find something that they were passionate about. So that, you know, that, and that's how they keep the seminar companies in business. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And sometimes coaches and sometimes mm, snake oil salesmen. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could get more coaches out there. They so need to be speaking to promote what they're doing. Right. Uh, it's the yes. ideal way to show their expertise. But, yes. Yes. And especially because everyone is unique by definition. DNA has guaranteed that even twins are unique. Yeah. And so whatever it is that you're doing, you need to put out your special message, whatever it is that you've got, your secret sauce, your thing. It's you. It's your energy. You're going to attract the tribe by speaking and being who you are. Don't be somebody else. Right. Yeah. Be, that actually, I know a lot of people talk about it, but I've always traced it back to Zig Ziglar. Be the best you you can be. Don't try to be the best Zig Ziglar, because he did that pretty well, and yeah. you need to be the best you that you can be. Yes, and if you tick somebody off, so be it. 
If you offend somebody, so be it. And they're not your people. They're not your tribe. They're not. They're not the ones that you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm always the uh, forgiveness over permission guy in a lot of cases. Just and sometimes that usually that works out okay for me, but occasionally it, it doesn't. So when you when you speak to, again to promote your coaching and stuff, what kind of who you're looking to be in front of? I mean, obviously. When you speak to the service organizations and the chambers, a few people in the room are prospects oriented and they kind of self-identify. Right. My ideal group would be a group of women professionals. And because what my what I enjoy working on, see, I'm clapping my hands. <laughs> what I enjoy working with are the blocks are the, the ones who have stalled out, the ones who have perhaps even getting to burnout. Yeah. They're not quite burned out yet. Right. That's that's a different person that they need to see before they come to me. Right. But they're getting that, oh, God, I'm getting up in the morning and ugh. Yeah. I'm going to work. I'd rather stay in bed. Yeah. Right. And so a group of professional women, the larger the better, has more opportunity for me to talk to those people and say, look, there's a way out of this. The reason that you're feeling frustrated is because you've gone as far as you can with what you got. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that I can get you off of that and get you through that block and eliminate it completely. So you never have to deal with it again. That's great. And you can have a better Work life, whether it's working for a company or working for yourself. Personally, I have a bias about entrepreneurship, so <laughs> I'm absolutely clear on that one. It's like, no, don't work for other people. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the yeah. Yes. Well, and I think we're up to we're eighty or ninety percent of the of the American economy now are uh, entrepreneurs. So it's the, the and right now growing in the with the current state of affairs, as it were. Right. Those people who have uh, voluntarily opted out, when they come back, they're going to have a choice. Do they want to start their own business and they want to be an employee? And I think more of them are going to try to start their own thing. Yes. And they need to do it right. Yes. They're not frustrated again. Yeah. Get a coach, people. Work with somebody, whether it's a business coach or an organization. Find somebody for some guidance right off the right out of the gate. Because you need, that's a crucial time. Yes, yes. I was so lucky. The School of Hypnotherapy that I went to had a business portion of it. That's Um, unusual. Yeah, that's wonderful. Very unusual. There was like a nine-week course in building your hypnotherapy business where they had guest speakers come in and they did their own training. And I had worked in business information systems as part of IT. So I already had a degree in business information systems. I had to take basic business courses. Yeah. I had a huge leg up on that. That's always helpful, too. Now, you definitely will make it a point to show, to say that you're working, you're looking for women as opposed to men. I enjoy working with anybody. I really, truthfully, I love working with anybody. And 
what I find is that men are more likely to go out and seek solutions when they're feeling frustrated and up against blocks. Okay. Women, on average, less so these days, but still there's a huge percentage of them that feel they need permission or some kind of a boost to get them to go, oh, okay, I can ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. And sometimes they're not, they don't feel like they have permission to ask for help because one of the phrases that's been around, I think since the fifties, maybe the sixties, is that women need to work twice as hard and do twice as much in order to get half the pay. <laughs> so it's a tricky thing for women to get their voices heard and to get out there and get help. So I want to hear about uh, your work with law of attraction. That to me is a fascinating topic. So talk- oh, I, one of the talks that I've done is physics and the law of attraction because there's more and more evidence that even in ancient Greece, they talked about the law of attraction being about vibration. And oh, by the way, it's true. So the law of attraction states that that which is like until itself is drawn. And what that means from a physics point of view is when you get two things that are in resonance with each other, they tend to want to be together. Yeah. So that's the first part. The second part is that a concept called quantum entanglement. And what this means is, is that every particle in your body was once upon a time shared with every particle in everyone else's body. Mm, wow. By definition, by definition, right? Yeah. Because you're born, you live, you die, you get buried, it gets back into the earth, the particles go out, <laughs> and they get shared all over. So we, as a planet, as humanity, are quantum entangled. Your brain, so that was the second part. The third part is that your brain, your heart, and your gut are putting out vibration. They are putting out electromagnetic frequency all the time. Your thoughts are an electromagnetic frequency, and this has been proven over and over again when they invented the EEG. (laughs) You can see. And there there was a project at the University of Irvine, I remember hearing about over a decade ago, where they actually created a helmet that they could put on and they could give mental commands to a computer. Mm, Wow. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. (laughs) But it shows that what you got, you're putting out there in the universe. The strongest thought wins, which is where people go, oh, the law of attraction doesn't work for me. I've been sitting here going, I, I want a lot of money. I love I love money. I think money would be cool. Money would be awesome. Or this is, you know, or relationships. I want love. I want love. I want a relationship. I want somebody to love me. I want to love somebody. You're doing all of that affirmation. And the problem is, is that you've got a much stronger, deeper vibration, energy on, well, this will never work. I can never find love. Money is awful. Rich people are horrible. That is the counter to that vibration. 
it uh, dampens that vibration and it comes out stronger. And it's that same thing that I said earlier, the one with the biggest energy wins. <laughs> well, the thought with the biggest energy wins. So what I do is I use a particular form of uh, sound healing. I use tuning forks to change that underlying vibration. Ooh. Got it. Okay. And get rid of it. Got it. And that's the biofield tuning. That and that's the biofield tuning. And I can do it remotely. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so I've had clients. Uh, I had one client go from 65K to 180K in less than a year in his salary. I've had uh, one client who she was having difficulty every year getting to 100K mark. She would get up to 90 and then not make it. And she would get up to 90 and she'd not make it. And every year. And her boss was going, you know what? If you don't hit that 100K mark, you're going. You know, and she was like, no, I've got to get right through this. She blew through it. She did 165. So it was. Yeah, it's some sort of a mental roadblock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And getting to that vibration that is underneath is crucial and critical. And tapping. I love tapping. I love EFT. I thought it was the greatest thing ever when I first learned about it. But the problem with tapping is that you don't know what you don't know. You don't know that what you're going after. Okay. That makes sense. And how do you help somebody figure that out? I don't. I let the tuning forks do it. Okay. I don't need to know. That's the beauty of biofuel tuning. I don't need to know what that underlying vibration is. They don't need to know what that underlying vibration is. We just use the tuning forks to just clear it. Got it. So then they're, then what they want comes out. Yes. There's nothing blocking yeah. it anymore. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's kind of like they've been carrying around this anchor all this time. Or it's like going to, oh, this is a great example. It's like going to a concert of really wonderful music and having somebody open a package of you know crackers in the background and you've got that crackling going on you're just you can't relax and get the music because that thing is going on yeah oh that's a good analogy i like that (laughs) Um, very or is it no that's an analogy (laughs) analogy what uh, so what are some of your goals for 2022 as far as speaking getting on 50 live stages 15 live stages Five zero. Fifty. Okay. Got it. Yep. So yep. that in person? In person and or vir- virtual. Okay. I had wanted when I was coming into 2022 and, you know, in the last quarter of 2022, it looked like, okay, we're going to be good. I'm, I want 50 live, like in person stages. Let's go. And I went, okay, we're back to. <laughs> Aren't we though? Yeah. So. I'd still love to be in front of people. And uh, virtual works. It just takes a little longer. It's a little bit different process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So that's a great goal. Basically once a week. Exactly. Uh, and so tell us again who you really want to be in front of for this. 
I would love to work with someone who is on the edge of burnout. They're frustrated with their job or they're frustrated with their business. They're on the edge of quitting. That quitting thought is kind of hanging out there because they've tried everything. Nothing is working. They're not breaking through. They're not getting anything going. I would love to get that stuff out of your way. And, and we find them in business groups, obviously, and and yes. and of course, probably some women's groups, and even exactly. better, the women's business groups. <laughs> right, right, or even women's professional organizations. You know, yeah. I don't think I have any biases toward any kind of professional group tech. Obviously, I can talk to tech people all day. Right. I was in there. Right. I'm I'm still involved in tech. I love tech. Well, and there's women in technology groups women and technology. women engineer groups. And, right, exactly, exactly. Professional, Scientists, I love to talk to scientists, but, you know, insurance, uh, travel, you know, pick an organization, pick, pick a category, bankers, financial people. Got it. Yeah. That's good stuff, Sue, very good. All right, yeah. so how do people find Sue? You can go to my website, which is the Sweet Sound of Success. Excellent. Thank you. Dot com. Dot com. Yes. Sweet Sound of Success dot com. And I just want to make sure that people hear that sound is singular. Sweet Sound of Success dot com. I also have a digital business card that has everything else about me which is sue2go.com. And that's sue to go. the digit two go.com. And how do you, how has that been working for you? The digital business card? Yeah. Oh, it's so much easier for people to get a hold of me that way because I can put, I've got my LinkedIn on there. I've got my Instagram. I've got my Facebook. I've got my podcast on there. I've got my website, I've got everything on there and Great. I can add to it as need be. So tell us about your podcast. I have a show called The Hero's Journey for the Entrepreneur's Soul. Love and it won an award. That's my little gold badge there last year and as visionary show of the year. And it's about interviewing entrepreneurs who have had interesting life journeys. That, and I'm basing it on Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Okay. And I only take five pieces out of it. I, the, the whole Hero's Journey cycle has 16 pieces to it. I'm not using all 16. And truthfully, not every story has all 16. <laughs> but I take out five, which are. The ordinary beginning, which I always laugh at because entrepreneurs aren't ordinary. The call to action, what brought them to being an entrepreneur. The big hairy monsters that they got to play with, which sometimes ends up being part of the call to action <laughs> and sometimes happens afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Right. The allies, mentors, guides, coaches, uh, the what we were talking about earlier, you can't be an entrepreneur. You can't really be successful or it's, it's going to take forever to be successful. If 
you don't have help. Yes. <laughs> so oh. I love to focus on people's helpers along the yeah. way. And also, how do they deal with what Joseph Campbell calls the journey home? That once you have had that magical experience of somebody handing you money for something that you provided for them, whether it was a product that you created or a service that you provided, that's magical. Somebody paid you money for that. It changes you. It absolutely changes you. And yes, not everybody gets it. Well, and the truth is we still need the people out there in the cubicle farm. Yes. We need the, we need the groundhogs and, and the gophers, rather. The, 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 what is it? The prairie dog. That's it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, gotta, we need them to keep the world running. Uh, we need the folks who know how to program in basic. <laughs> and then they need us in turn. So uh, when, they, when they run up against their frustrations and things like that. So very good. Good stuff. So again, Sue Wilhite, she will help you keep from going over the edge mm. when you're frustrated and you're ready to just quit and throw your hands up. Make sure you talk to Sue before that. Don't throw your hands up until you talk to Sue. How's that? That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> you may have that, my gift to you. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of Behind the Lectern. We're here to talk to speakers about their journeys. It's by speakers for speakers. My name is Jeff Klein, and we will see you and hear you or listen to you or talk to you next time. Thanks. Thank you. If you're in the top 25% of the fastest times... Wow, what a great speaker. Where did you find him? You know, I used to have trouble finding speakers. Then someone told me about speakercoop.com. Speakercoop.com? What's that? It's a website full of speakers who speak to groups like ours. How did you decide which speaker to choose? The website lets you search for speaker by topic. You can even type one search word in and find all the speakers who have that word in their topic. Then you can read the speaker's bio to see if they're a fit for your group. That sounds great. Yes, I'm using speakercoop.com to find all the speakers for our group this year. I've got to find the speaker for our luncheon next month. This will make it easy. I'm going to go to speakercoop.com. And over and over again. Thanks for joining us on Behind the Lectern. You can find an archive of our episodes at BehindTheLectern.com. You can also access useful speaking information at speakercoop.com forward slash education. Join us next time for another great speaker journey with an expert and our host, Jeff Klein. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>